This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Bengals underscore Sands over on Twitter. You break it down all season. The season might be over, but you are just getting started in the offseason breakdowns. Plenty of NFL prospects. And I know Bengals Twitter, I feel like it's 50-50. It's not the Jamar Chase, Panay Soul arguments going on when it comes to draft picks when you're drafting at 28 versus in the top five. But there are a lot of people who say offensive line, you got to go offensive line. And then sprinkled in that there's running back prospects. We went over a few last week. If Cincinnati did not go running back at 28 and you looked at the second and third round, give me some guys that might be on the board for them. Okay. Um, so I think a guy that I'm wondering about the Cincinnati fit, because when you think about the Cincinnati fit, it is like a complete back that it seems like everybody wants. They want a guy that can pass protect a guy that's explosive, a guy that can run well from the shotgun, a guy that can make guys miss in my mind. I'm like, you're describing like the only guy that can do all of this is the guy you'd take at 28. Like I said last week, surprisingly good pass protector for a five-star. This is the best running back uh, high school recruit. Uh, so B. John Robinson, he could do all that for you. But uh, the rusher, receiver, etc. I don't know exactly the value that Zach Charbonnet can give you in the passing game, but I love him as a runner. He. The other issue is I don't know the top end speed. Like If he ran a four or six, I wouldn't be shocked because he gets caught from behind a bit in college, but he's so athletic other than that, like agility and like making big explosive cuts. It just feels like he's just constantly playing with like one of those race car parachutes that shoots out when they hit like a certain speed or something. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, So he's awesome. Other than that, uh, he reminds me of Bengal Cedric Benson, rest in peace. Um, But yeah, like powerful. He's like 200, 20 something pounds um there's a lot of his awesome jump cut and then the complete opposite end of that is a guy that was listed under 200 pounds got up to 204 for the senior bowl Tajay spears hope i'm saying any of these names right great thing about watching films i get all these good angles bad thing i don't hear anybody's name so mm-hmm. Tajay spears um i only watched a couple games because it's hard to find Tulane film guys i'm sorry but they had a couple big games um and He's awesome. I'm surprised he was not seen as a day two guy earlier because he's clearly a third round pick to me. I think he's got juice. Uh, We'll see what the 40 is. 
it matters, especially for these small school guys where, yeah, he's breaking away from Tulsa, but can he break away from the NFL guys? Yeah, I don't know. But I watched a game against Cincinnati, and this guy does awesome job reading, setting up his blocks. He's very shifty, elusive, and he has that top-end speed. It's it's like all there. I wonder about the pass protection, just because he's like 200 pounds or so. Mm -hmm. um, next guy on my list, I'm actually going down the list. I also had a day two grade on Tank Bigsby, five-star recruit, Auburn. Wonder again about none of these guys are asked to pass protect. That's like the big thing is like a lot of these guys, college coaches are kind of just like, and you run to the flat <laughs> or like you are not part of this. You are not part of the protection. I'll have a tight end in there instead. So I don't see these guys pass protect too much. But, um, so I wonder about that. He's very elusive. Only thing that I think he's worse than the other two is like he does kind of have the I like to bounce or cut things all mm -hmm. the way back and try to trust my athleticism type thing. So I wonder a little bit about the vision, although I don't think it's bad. I think it's more so he trusts himself a little too much. So you kind of got to coach that out of him a little bit. Just like hey, take what's there, man. <laughs> uh, you don't you don't need to try to do everything on your own. But I find him interesting. Um other names, Roshan Johnson, he is a very tough one because he was the backup to Bijan Robinson, but he's a big guy. He can pass protect. He they use him like a fullback. He could lead block if they want. Kind of if you if you get rid of a Samaji P Ryan, this guy could step into that role. Although I don't know if I would trust him as like the lead horse. Uh Kendra Miller is a guy I like a lot because he moves a little different at being like 230 pounds or so. He's explosive, he has top end speed. Um spotty vision sometimes but everything else is there it um and then just a few other guys i'll just do real quick chase brown does have probably the he was probably the fastest him and devin archain were the fastest of the running backs i watched like if you really want that breakaway speed they uh chase does a really good job setting up his blocks devin here and there i didn't watch too many games with devin though and so if you just want like a guy that can get you those explosive runs, because that's something Cincinnati was missing. I think that those two are really good, hopefully day three looks. Um, and then another guy that was a five-star recruit, but the, if we're going to get into like the two guys, I'm not, Zach Evans is very elusive. I think he does a good job with that. Very spotty vision. And I think he was the worst pass <laughs> passing down back I saw. He had terrible pass protection when he was asked. Like, I remember one, he made like this half, half baked cut block attempt. <laughs> he just kind of like fell down. It was one of the funniest clips I have, I think, of one of these guys. Uh, because a lot of times they get railroaded, they get run over, and I'm just kind of like, nah, that happens. This one was kind of like, oh, that's my guy. Uh, I tried, coach. What do you, what do you want? <laughs> and then he was losing his job over the course of the season, too. And then um, Kenny McIntosh is fascinating. He, to me, is he doesn't have the top end speed for like these scat backs that are big receivers. So I'm not that into it, but I could see like a Danny Woodhead type career for him um, because he is one of the better pass catchers and route runners, which usually isn't that important, but when they can move really, really well and do stuff, I, I'm into it. So there is a quick rundown of like every running back. Whoa. I'm going to make you play the guessing game right now. What is more likely to happen by the time we get to September, right before regular season starts? Joe Mixon is still on the team making his 12 million and they draft a late round running back. Or 
Joe Mixon is restructured to about half of that, maybe $6 million. And they bring Samaj P. Ryan back or three. Joe Mixon is no longer there. They draft a running back in the second round and bring maybe Samaj P. Ryan back on a team friendly deal. Or none of that. Uh, in my mind, most likely, I hope it's not too much pessimism. I think that Joe Mixon's back. Um, and man, they don't really restructure that often. They don't. Although this is that I could see it. I'll say option one might be the most likely. Although I do think they're really in the market for a running back. Um, and the thing that's really going to make people upset talk about the running back pay. They could draft a round two, round three running back and keep Joe Mixon at the price point. Like that is certainly within the realm of possibility. And I don't think most people want that, but that is, it's there. That That is certainly an option, I think, um, because they draft like a year ahead. You think of when they drafted Mixon, Jeremy Hill was the week one starter. Um, when they, it seems like when they draft these guys, it, it's just like a year out. Um, when Gio was drafted, it was still Ben Jarvis Green Ellis taking a majority of those snaps, and that was a round two pick. Both those guys are round two picks, so they don't care that much about if they draft a guy in round two, round three, that he's got to be like the main guy year one. The money allocation would be a bad usage of resources, though. What I would want depends when they go, but like if you are going to take a guy round one, round two, I just think you can't have mix in there as well, but we'll see if they do that. Um, if you take a guy's like round three through five, you kind of maybe want to bring Mixon back, but at a lower cost. I don't think, I don't think in general Mixon should come back at like the $12 million mark. No, I agree with that. And you bring up a good point. A lot of people throw the word restructure contract in during the off season for the Cincinnati Bengals. They, do, they don't do that. But the thing is, this front office does a lot of things different over the last two years. And when it comes to the other extensions they're working on and where they could save some of that money, I do think that you bring it up to Joe Mixon. He talked about it this past season. He wants to be in Cincinnati. And I think you're in a really good spot here. There, there's a loaded draft class and there are a lot of free agent running backs that a lot of teams are going to sign. So you have that conversation with Joe Mixon. Look, you're in a good spot with this offense. You have Joe Burrow as your quarterback. We're going to bring you back, but we're going to have to cut it in half or at least be around $8 million, say $4 million. I think that's a conversation that would be fair from the Bengals front office. And I'm not, I don't mind that Joe Mixon comes back. Um, you obviously want to see more production, but at the same time, we kind of said that said it with Lyle Collins. He was probably playing some of the season with an injury. He did come back, played okay at times, but it just it wasn't good enough. The run game wasn't good enough for this offense. And I watched the Super Bowl in Kansas City, and I'm like, all right, I'm a little jealous of the run game right now. And Cincinnati has to figure something out. And with it being a loaded class, you you just said like 10 to 12 running backs in a three minute period of time. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you brought up a lot of good running backs that this team could possibly get. Maybe it's not at 28. Maybe it's um, on day three. It's in the third round. And, and I don't, I, I just, you know, I don't know what this front office is thinking. I still think you're in a position to get the best player available and they don't care what the outside thinks. If there's an offensive lineman, D lineman there, and they're like, mm, that offensive playmaker is better. I'm going to get the running back. I'm going to get, get the tight end. So I don't know what the front office is thinking. We're going to find out a whole lot in the next 
next couple months. But I want to move on to the tight end position because that's another one that this team has Mitch Wilcox coming back. And I don't know if they're going to bring Drew Sample back and Hayden Hurst. He might earn a two-year deal on another team unless they can figure something out to be team-friendly. If they do draft a tight end, where do you see that happening? And tell me if you've been watching any Michael Mayer and the reason he's probably not going to be there at 28. I haven't watched Mary yet, so that one's got to wait. Okay. <laughs> I tried to. I tried to look. That I got to. I got to hit some people up about that. But uh, I watched uh, uh, Darnell Washington, which is he's like six eight two eighty. Um, but yeah, um, the tight end. If they draft, I think they're interested because I thought they were really interested last year, and they just didn't get one where they wanted it. I think they would be more aggressive this year, but I don't know. I think free agency is going to play into that. Do they get Hayden Hurst back on a two-year deal? Because then they're probably a little bit less aggressive, although I would still say be aggressive. Um, you can still utilize that guy if you get one in round two. Uh, I would think day one, day two, I don't – day three, whatever. Uh, I, they could do it. To me, it would be – fine I, I i don't know well i guess we gotta see some day three guys really pan out i thought um isaiah likely wasn't a day three i thought he was a day two guy but he went on day three and he did great for the ravens so we'll, we'll see uh but yeah i watched darnell washington just to give the the quick on him ginormous really really good blocker like i don't often think that the guy that gets listed as like the best college tight end blocker is really that dominant this guy's this guy's awesome he's he's killing he's an extra tackle and he's killing guys in the run game and anytime he gets out in space he's putting corners on their back and i just think he loves doing that it it does remind you a little bit of the you know the the high-end blocking only but you know like the jersey kid like laughing while he's like slamming corners into the ground like that's what i imagine darnell washington is doing for the most part as a receiver i think is where it's interesting he's not super athletic but he can move um, I think the really obvious comparison is a Mercedes Lewis for the entire career where Mercedes Lewis was always fine as a receiver and not anymore really, but you know, when he was in Jacksonville, he was like a fine receiver where he gave you the value though, was that he was an extra offensive tackle on the field. And that's kind of what Darnell is. He's so big. He's, he's tackle sized and when he's doing tight end block stuff, he can pass protect too. I was surprised how much they trust him doing that. But yeah, yeah awesome. I, I like him a lot. 28, I don't think it's a bad pick. I think mm -hmm. it'd be a little tough because you you wonder a little bit, like what is the actual ceiling here if he's not very athletic? Um, he, he He's a little lumbery. He's a little uncoordinated. He does have some drop issues as well. But I can see the vision because – it still works. Like he still was a, when they asked him to do receiver things, he still could do it. He could release at the first and second level. He's so big and strong guys try to put their hands on him. He just kind of like runs through it. He could run after the catch. It's just, he kind of claps when he tries to catch the ball. Like his hands are kind of far apart. You want that a little bit tighter and just kind of softly catch it. And he kind of is a little bit of a clapper. And I think that leads to double catches and some drops but he's interesting. I, I like him. I, I'm not fully opposed at 28. If there's any type of trade back scenario early mm -hmm. second, I like that more. But at the same time, sometimes you just take the guy you trust and the guy you need. And if he's a guy you need, if you have a Hayden Hurst back, then he doesn't need to be the 
the field stretching tight end type thing. He probably won't be my favorite tight end overall, but I like him. Um, and if you could get him in the second round, probably won't happen. Uh, that would be ideal, but yeah, that's, that's why it doesn't happen is because like everybody probably think that <laughs> like, yeah, if I can get the guy in the second. Yeah, I, I agree with two things. Uh, you bring up blocking and what scares a lot of people away when you talk about the offensive line, look, right tackle is still a big question mark going into the 2023 season. That's something either you need to draft or you pick it up in free agency. And I don't know what's going to happen with Lyle Collins. We don't know how he's doing and what that recovery is going to look like for him going into next season. But a tight end can block too. Uh, people need to realize that not only is that a weapon out there, but if they can block, that's going to be huge for protection in this offensive line. So I think something that you need to watch out for in this draft, but at the same time, I agree with you. This team, I don't think that they would trade up, but I think they would trade out of the first round, depending on what it looks like, because you get the quarterbacks off the board. Um, there's going to be offensive linemen up there. It really doesn't feel like a loaded wide receiver class. So that might be, you know, mid to late round for a lot of teams. Normally that's pretty stacked at the top. We don't know what it's really going to look like, but Hey, if things start to work out and a few of their guys are there, I don't have a problem at all moving really early into that second round. And maybe you do get your guy and you feel, Hey, I get two picks right now. And you depending on what you trade trade back for maybe that's in the third or even stays in the second round so i don't know i I like that idea i could see them trading out versus trading up to be honest yeah my thought on that is uh we don't have uh, a ton of recent evidence Mm -hmm. of the Bengals picking this late in the first round like back when the 2010s they were picking late in the first round but it was like 21 23 Mm -hmm. somewhere in there now it's like 28 30 in there to me, that's a little bit closer to early second round, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also why I, I'm kind of okay with taking a Bijan Robinson because I almost value this like an early second round pick. But what have they done in the second round? They trade down, they get Joe Mixon. They trade down, they get Jesse Bates. They trade down, get Drew Sample. They trade down, and get Jackson Carmen. But they trade down a lot in the early second round. So I could see it. I could see them trading down from the late first round which is the most annoying thing that could happen on draft night that I stay up. I watch the entire thing to get to pick 28 and then it's sent away and I have to wait an entire day for the actual pick, but it's something they could do. And uh, I don't think it's a bad move. I just, I think I'd be annoyed in the moment. Uh, It's probably a good move depending on who's there. Like that's the thing is that you could be stuck with no real blue chip talent there. No, like, Oh, that guy fell. So then you kind of get into the next bucket of guys and all these guys are like, yeah, this pick's okay here. But if we trade down 10 spots and we've got 12 guys, why wouldn't we do that? You know, like we got 12 guys in the same bucket. Let's just trade down about 10 spots and we'll get one of them. Um, And hopefully they have a little bit more success. (laughs) One more quick thing. Put up a Steelers thing that is in my back. I see it. I see it. I didn't want to say anything, but there is. I hate you could this. watch this what right this? now. There, There is a Steelers picture in the corner, and I know that your fiance is a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan, Nick, producer, Steelers fan, and I, I, I feel like this was. I feel like this was on purpose. I I, I thought, well, maybe we just, we, oh, we just, yeah, we just did, <laughs> we just cleaned up the upstairs and, and like, fixed it up. <laughs> so I think it just got put up there. Me? I thought your camera angle was just bad today. And I was like, well, maybe he doesn't notice it. It's like the same. I don't know. I don't mess with the camera angle too much. It's okay. 
it's okay. Uh, we get it. I see Bengals helmets and a wall over there where your head is. So don't worry. We know. Um, we know how you feel about the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's just the AFC North back there. We got the AFC North. You're just supporting the division. Uh, but no, plenty of stuff. Make sure you check them out. Bengals underscore Sands over on Twitter. Great breakdowns. is going to be doing it all offseason. Free agents, draft picks. And we'll get into more position groups next week. Next, let's talk about the carousel in the coaching world for Zach Taylor's coaching tree on. It's always game day in Cincinnati.